Hello, everyone. Welcome to the TI Connect podcast. I'm Adrian. I'm Nick. Just a quick reminder, everybody, this content was originally in video format and has been adapted to a podcast, so some things are better seen than heard. Don't let it stop you. Go to ti.com slash connect, and you can see the full videos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Connect series. Uh, today, it's just me, Adrian Fernandez. Uh, Nick, unfortunately, isn't going to be able to make it, but uh, too bad for him because we've got a very, very special guest here to talk about a very unique technology that we have, a software offering to make developers take full advantage of the different connectivity protocols we have in our portfolio and actually mix and match them in unique combinations. Uh, so to talk about this unique software solution, uh, we're bringing in Marie Hearns. Uh, she's our sub one gigahertz uh, software Applications Manager based out of our Oslo office. Uh, so Marie, thanks so much for, for joining us today and, and nice to see you. How are you doing today? Hey. Hey Adrian, good to see you too. I'm good. Excited about this topic. Awesome. Hey, me too, me too. I, I'm here to be a sponge. You know, I'm sure our audience is just as curious. Uh, so the topic at hand today is DMM or Dynamic Multi-Protocol Manager. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what this technology is and, and how does it work with TI's uh, connectivity stacks? Sure. So the Dynamic Multi-Protocol Manager is a software module that you can use alongside with the protocol stacks from the Simplink SDK, which uh, allows you to run BLE concurrently with a, a different protocol stack. Um, so it means that uh, you have one device with one radio, but you are able to run on two different RF stacks. Awesome. That, that, that's really cool. Um, and, you know, what are the, the implications of, you know, two protocol stacks sharing the same hardware? You know, is there any, any compromise in terms of switching time there? You know, having to switch from, let's say, Zigbee to Bluetooth or, or other combinations? Mm, yeah, I understand your concern. And uh, there are two protocol stacks sharing one radio, but... For uh, our CC 13XX and 26XX devices, we have best-in-class radio switching, so typically you can switch in less than one milliseconds. We also do a good amount of testing for the DMM, and we always check uh, the packet loss when running two radios at the same time. Sorry, two protocols at the same time. And we recently published an application note on this very topic. So if you are uh, wondering about the performance for the DMM, you could check it out. Awesome. And maybe just to reiterate one thing, um, you know, what you mentioned is instead of having two radios trying to brute force their way, do things simultaneously, that could result in a lot of RF interference. Um, but we inherently sidestep that issue by having one radio and they're just sort of symbiotically taking turns. Um, and in that way, they're, they're not competing with each other, but actually collaborating to enable that that combination of use cases. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yes, exactly, yeah. And we also have spent a good amount of time on the DMM policy manager to make sure that it can work around um, different situations that may arise. And in most cases, you will be able to schedule a packet at a later time if there is a conflict. We very rarely see that a packet is uh, uh, being aborted by the policy manager. Gotcha, okay. And uh, could you talk about the implementation here? Because I. I does this mean I need two radios to run these two stacks in a single application? No, that's that's the point of the software, that the, the DMM consists of two modules. One is a policy manager, which uh, keeps track of uh, what the stacks are doing and which priority should be given to which action. 
And then there's a scheduler component that uh, takes all of the RF packets and makes sure that they're scheduled in the correct order and with the correct priority. Oh, awesome. So, so we're doing some sort of time synchronization here where they're kind of sharing the, the hardware resource and, and it's kind of the, uh, an intelligent software module where I don't necessarily have to worry about it. DMM will, will take care of that for me. Yeah, sure. And we also have a set of uh, example applications in the SimpleLink SDK. So if you are running a Bluetooth Low Energy example alongside, for example, a sub 1 gigahertz uh, um, proprietary stack or even a Zigbee stack, you can find an example application in the SimpleLink SDK that will allow you to run more or less without doing any configuration. That's fantastic. So you touched on some of the combinations that are possible. Um, could you maybe explain the use cases? You know, why would I want to do this as a solution provider? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. So uh, we see that um, in some cases it's not enough to have one RF protocol with our new situation where Internet of Things is virtually everywhere. So one example that we see is that um, your product needs some kind of Bluetooth low energy configuration layer and you want your user to be able to interact with your product through, for example, a smartphone. But you also wanted to have some other connectivity. For example, as I mentioned, a sub 1 gigahertz network, Zigbee, um, or any other uh, connectivity that you already had on your product. So That's by awesome. adding DMM, uh, sorry, <laughs> cool. No, no, very cool. I was, I was just, uh, explain, uh, I guess, reiterating how cool that is. That, that's great. And uh, a different uh, use case that we also saw customers taking advantage of is that if you have a um, um, network that is running over a relatively slow RF protocol, uh, for example, a mesh network, um, you can uh, use the DMM to run a specific uh, data-intense operations, such as an over-the-air firmware update, um, and you run that operation over BLE, which has a higher data throughput. And this will allow you to do a quicker over-the-air firmware upgrade, but it will also save you power since you are sending the packets at a higher data rate. Wow, wow, okay, that's really cool. Um, so, you know, you could take advantage of protocols like Zigbee, uh, Thread, a proprietary protocol, you know, whether that be a a star topology or a mesh protocol, um, but then essentially have Bluetooth as a companion sort of protocol that's sort of available to developers for unique use cases like provisioning, uh, over-the-air download, uh, or maybe even as a remote display. You know, most of us have a cell phone or a tablet available to us, um, and this allows them to get some sort of almost human-machine interface to an edge node, for example, by, by having that Bluetooth connection available. Um, that, that's really, really cool. And uh, what are some of the practical examples here? Um, you know, we, we talk about you know Bluetooth being you know uh, available in a in a Zigbee protocol or a proprietary protocol. Could you talk about some of the applications here? Um, you know, are these are these building automation, factory automation? Where, where are we seeing this being used? Yeah, we have, for example, uh, inside building automations, we have customers that use the TI fifteen point four stack, which is a star network that you can run over sub one or over two point four gigahertz. And in this case, let's say it's a TI 15.4 stack running over sub 1. So it has relatively long range and the nodes can be spaced far apart. Um, and if an operator comes in and needs to read out some information or do some configuration, 
it's very practical to add BLE to this product because in that case the operator can directly interact with each device using BLE and it doesn't need, he doesn't need a, a dedicated uh, operator device to interface with the Sub-1 TI-54 stack. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so you kind of get the best of both worlds, the uh, sort of accessibility, ease of use of Bluetooth, uh, but then pair that with the long range, low power of, of sub one gigahertz, for example. Um, so really, really cool to see that flexibility being enabled by DMM. Uh, so really cool, Marie. I, I learned a lot. You know, I'm sure developers here are, are super excited to jump in, maybe evaluate this for their specific use cases. Uh, where can they go to, to learn more about DMM and, and how to get started? Uh, to get started with DMM, I would recommend going to Simple Link Academy and start with the DMM fundamentals training where we explain how to set it up and what kind of hardware you will need to start uh, checking it out. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely check it out. We, we've got the URL here. I think it's tia.com slash learn DMM. So really excited to have you here, Marie, to enlighten us about DMM. And thank you viewers here for, for watching. Hopefully, you, hopefully this is a technology that you'll find useful in your applications. You know, it's not just one protocol, but potentially two working in unison uh, with the help of this really cool software product coming from Marie's team. Uh, so thank you everyone for watching and we'll catch you guys in the next one.